Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> okay. So um speaking of men. Speaking of men, uh, you said that uh, you've been working for black folks all your adult life. How do you feel about the plight of the black man in America? Well, um, it's a real, that's a real tough question because right now we know that the black man has always been and had a target on his back. Um, And with the broken families that we have, you know, single parents, whether they be female or male, you know, it it, it, it seems to have them pretty much missing in action, you might say. And I know it is a direct result of what has happened to us you know, doing the slavery diaspora, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's repetitive things that happen. I was looking at this tape, and uh, it was Niggas to Niggas. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. that, but it's a very good documentary, I feel. And what it boils down to is it, it talks about how our people, you know, and how we were as a people and how we wrote our history way in advance. And what you see happening to us and the black man especially is what you call cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And because of what has happened to us, the effects are that we are rendered uh stateless. You know, most of our most of our men, you know, they don't even come together because of what has happened to us because they pit us against one another, you know. Uh, that day, though, I can tell you that day is over, and our plight is that it's going to be a greater day because it is said that if you follow the train of thought that we wrote our history in advance, that we will come out of this this stupor that we are in. And, uh, you know, I, I have my brother's back, and I know a lot of sisters have our brother's back. We need each other, too, in order to be whole and complete. Just the thought of that union, you know, is, is very necessary for us to survive what is what has been placed on us. Why do you feel that the black man in America have a target on his back? Is it because that white America is, is scared of the uh, black man? Or is it because that white America doesn't understand the black man? Or the black man is, is in the eyes of America, not just white America, other cultures too of color, uh, 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 have a boogeyman but mentality when it comes to the black man. Why do you think we have a talk on that? Well, because you're one of the greatest species on the planet. Ain't that you right? Know, Say it one more time. Say it one more time, Sister Fatama. Huh? And the white, the Caucasian man knows it. Now, uh, his whole view of us is what the whole world sees of us. Uh, But a lot of these different cultures, nations, what have you, they are complicit in what has been done to us. You know, it, it was a concerted effort to make sure that this person who they saw 
being able to do what we've done, you know, and throughout our history, you know, in mm-hmm. Africa, what happened to all the gold, the diamonds, everything was there for us, and we just had it going on. But we threw ourselves down. Of course, you know, this man has no power over us, really. But because right. of what has happened to us and happened to our brothers, yes, he has a target on his back because if if we are built up in, in, in from the strength and the knowledge of who we are, you know, and, and then be whole men, well, that is a threat because... As a man, you're able to do just about anything. And if you got your head on straight, you know, then that means that, hey, what you see now as America won't be anymore because, you know, they won't even be able to survive with us because we're just capable of doing so much. And the target that's on his back is because, what, you know, It's, uh, the, the the call had dropped. The call had dropped. Oh, she got a call back in the show. Uh, Sister Fatima, Fatima, please call back. Um, the call had dropped. Um, yes, what Sister Fatima was describing is that uh, we as black men, it's coming again, okay? We as black men, do have a talk on our backs. And it just didn't start yesterday. It didn't start last year. It didn't start in the millennium. It didn't start in the 90s. It's been happening for thousands of years having this talking on our back. I don't know why. I don't know why uh, other parts of the world, including America, have this perception of black men in America as being a dangerous as Sister Fatima had uh, 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 expressed uh, 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 a dangerous species. I don't know why that there are certain cultures in this world that want the black man, the African, to be extinct. Oh, she's back. I'm glad you're back. Yes, I'm back. Hello? I'm sorry. I got disconnected. Yes, sir. Can yeah, you, hear me? I, I, you know what? Every since about a month ago, I had a re, uh, representative from um, uh, from UEP Newton uh, Gun Club, and they like a, a subsidiary of the Black Panther Party, the new Black Panther Party. And ever since I had him on, we've been having problems with the calls. We've been having problems with the connection where our uh, the uh, with with the uh, blog talk that sponsors our programs, and and like I have a friend that uh, is a uh, he's a retired homicide detective. He said, "Look, there's no such things as coincidence. It's a pattern of behavior. So uh, it seems to be a regular thing now that we have a problem with the call. So, but that's not going to stop us from discussing no, uh, solutions in our community." Right. right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, um, and, 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 and I could just be allowed to just finish. This is why sure. they they are doing what they're doing because they know the power in you, the greatest in the greatness in you. We 
have a tendency not to know it because of what they have done to us. They made us dumb. They they dumbfounded and they still dumbfounded. Our children are getting uh, the same type of treatment that you know we got back in the day. Our, our parents and grandparents got back in the day because <coughs> right. if you if you put it in the schools now, you know they're not even teaching. And I teach in the schools. They don't even want to teach our history, you know, to the teachers. I and know. they give you the teachers, but they really it's 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 all just about, you know, what Martin Luther King talked about and, you know, Malcolm X. It's not no real uh, true history of us. Right. But uh, why you, you can think... tell by you can tell let me just say this. You can tell by uh-huh. basketball, football, uh mm-hmm. uh what else? Uh golf. All baseball, sports, hockey, swimming, baseball. Who's taking over? The we are. We That's are right. taking over sports and stuff, and they know it. That's why they put us there because they know they win games. You know, uh, so once we realize who we are, how great we are, then we will begin to do something for ourselves, and that's what the problem is. And uh, you know, we don't have no. You know, he's in no competition after that once we realize who we are as black men and women. So, Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. How can we get the regular, everyday community black man to understand who he is and how much he is important to the development and the rebuilding of our nation. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one because I know. Oh, I got to ask a question. Not. I got plenty more. <laughs> I got plenty more, <laughs> sister. Even with, even, even with my sons, I can tell you. Even with my sons, you know, getting mm-hmm. them to know who they are and 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 who they really are. You know, even though, you know, and and I'm a single parent. And I raised them, you know, they're decent. You know, I don't think they have any skeletons in their closet, such as a lot of this stuff that's going on with our young boys and stuff. But, right. you know, it's hard, it's hard for them <clears throat> seeing role models. But I did raise them in an environment where there were men, positive men, and and, and seeing that, I think, for a child, positive, strong black men. Is what that needs to happen. What needs to happen because now you have this era of homosexuality, where my grandchildren are not able to really, really. I mean, even if they look at their father, right? Mm-hmm. They're not able to see a whole lot of strong strength coming from the black community and the men in the community. There's a few of those. And uh, if, you know, if the mothers, what have you, if they're not sending their children to these entities where there are strong black men, then you have them, you know, uh, looking at this other thing as though it's something sacred. Well, how can the few strong black men, the, 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 the few strong black men get the majority of black men on board? How can how, how can a few strong black men be more uh, be utilized 
in the community, on the community level, to rally the troops together. Okay. Now, I, you know, um, brother, I can only tell you from a woman's perspective. That's what I want to hear from. Yeah, a woman's perspective, how they could do it. Uh, they would have to get with some other man to show them how to do that. Okay. To be a strong pillar in the community. You know, most of our brothers have been broken down in one way or another. Now, it's said that usually when you see a man that's broken down, it's because of some woman. But there's a lot of things, a lot of dynamics that uh, cause men to break down. And I think, you know, this society is definitely, you know, uh, white supremacy and racism. I think that has a lot to do with our men being the way and the way that they think they are. But how can they get up out of this stupid that they are? They need to see a strong black man standing up, no matter what, you know, against this racism, against, you know, uh, this homosexuality, against it, just like the brother with the straight uh, black pride. I don't know if you know of him. Uh just him, you know, starting that group was so impactful, I think, for men. I mm-hmm. mean, because it seemed as though, you know, the other side was winning. So I think what he did is said, hey, I'm standing up, I'm straight, I'm black, and I'm proud, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to influence ever, you know, of our children, boys, men, that I can, you know, and all you have to do is speak the truth to them. And they need somebody to care about them and speak to them in a manner that is strength coming from them. So with do that, we need you know, to come? Do we need to come from a when we, when we make when we do when we approach other brothers, ones that want to do this, when we approach other brothers. What perspective should we come from? Should we come from a religious perspective? Should we come from a political perspective? Should we come from a uh, uh, a pan Africanist perspective, or should we? What kind of perspective should we utilize in um, the crisis? Do you feel that we're in the crisis right now in America? First of all, do you feel oh, that we're in the crisis? Oh, right now? Yes, sir. Huh? Yes, okay. sir. We are. So what type of approach should we utilize to encourage other brothers to get involved? Because you know there's going to be some resistance. So uh, what type of approach should we utilize? Should we use a radical approach? You know, so what type of approach? Well, yeah, yeah, that, that radical word will get you in trouble. But you know what? Let me just say that uh, the approach has to be one of seriousness, and very, you know, we have to be very radical and adamant about the approach. Now, it's it's a very simple process, though, when you think that all you got to do is show care. If you show care, that you care for these young black men and women, our children will respond. They will respond. So, you got to get out there in any way you can. And so, you know, because you spoke about 
is a crisis. Yes, we are in the lion's mouth or in the in the whale, in the belly of the whale. It is definitely. You think we have war? Do you do you think we have war with America? I mean, psychologically. Psychologically, uh, physically, yes, sir. We at war spiritually. Physically, we at war. are we at war physically? Really? How? We, don't you know our brothers getting shot down in the street? Oh, we're gonna cover that in. later on the show. We're gonna cover that later yeah. on the show. Yes, sir. That's not a coincidence, brother. That's not, not a coincidence. coincidence. Pattern of behavior, huh? Exactly. Pattern of behavior, and we need to recognize behavior. But see. If we keep on trying to give this man a pass, because I hear a lot of people when they're talking about these situations, they don't call a spade a spade. It is the white supremacy, Caucasian, and I'm going to call it a devil that we are involved with, and we have to know that. If we don't realize that we're living with a live devil, then we're going to keep on getting into this same predicament. And you've seen it time and time again. We we, we we saw him, what he's done to us. But yet still, what we do, we go back and we forgive him. And we said that, we call this thing the system. Mm-hmm. That's the psychological damage that's been done on us, brother, because we won't say what it is. You know what I'm saying? We, mm-hmm. we, we, we are going to hate that part of it. And, and it becomes a damaging for us because we're not speaking honestly about the real deal. What do you say to a brother that's a millionaire or a billionaire uh, that's living life as he wants it? What do you say to that brother who feels that there isn't a crisis, that we made our own bed, so we have to lie in it, uh, who feels that I have mine, you got to get yours, you just got uh, to the, the, take the opportunities. I mean, you're a teacher. Uh, I'm a retired professional. Um, so what do you say to him who feels that that the problem is ours alone, uh, we, are, we, uh, we are the cause of our problems. What do you say to him? Well, I think I would start off by saying, brother, all I need is just 30 minutes of your time. If you 30, 30 minutes. It's only going to take you 30 minutes, huh? It'll take me 30 minutes because, you know, you can't, I mean, it is what it is. You can't keep, you know, uh talking about the same thing to a person who is not going to be there. So I'm going to give you 30 minutes to get to, to to make you get it or to help you to get it, not make you, but help you to get it. And what I would say to you is that uh, where did you come from, brother? You know, you say, I, you, I got my, you get yours, but where did you come from? Who did you depend on for you became this rich person or, 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 or entertainer or whatever you have become? Uh, and I would venture to say if you can tell me truthfully where you came from, the community you came from, 
I guarantee you that the support that you got, you didn't get there by yourself. You got there by some other people like yourself supporting you. But, you know, they, and then they end up forgetting where they came from. So it's okay, you know. Which is easy to do. Yeah. Which is easy to do. About where you came from, and it's easy mm-hmm. to do where you came from. We've all been there. But, brother, you got to go back to the community in which you started, and every people do that same thing. Every people support their own but us, and that's because of what we've gone through, the damage the that's founder, been done to the, the founder, The founder of our media company heard you, and she said, I say, which means amen. Uh, I agree, you know, so you really hit on a point there, come from. Um, Why do, why do, why you think, well, let me tell you this. I was on the bus one day about a year ago and uh, in New York City. I was on the bus in New York City about a year ago and I heard these three sisters talking about us, black men. One of them said, hmm, I'm doing fine without him. I don't need him. I don't need him to raise my kids because I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. I am the mother and the father in my house. Uh, I don't need him to come around. I don't even need his money. Uh, only thing a black man could do for me is this, that, and so. What do you say to that? You do, do, do broken family. Well, Families without men, are they really broken if the mothers is a, have the ability to play two roles? If they need us, why do broken families need us if they're better off without us? If they feel, if black women feel, if they're better off without us. Well, brother, I can tell you that uh, that is a lack of knowledge. That sister, if she would say something to that effect, is because of you know her damage that's been done to her as well. And uh, she's not the only sister in America that feels that way. I I understand, I understand, and it's a lot of them feel that way. And we sisters too have to stand up and say to the sisters, "As sisters, this is not the route for us to take." All of us have been psychologically damaged in some way or another by the same people. The same people have done to us. And and, 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 and they pit one against the other. But every woman needs a man and every man needs a woman. You know, even the whole parent. I don't have that in my life because of all of the dynamics in which I talked about this morning. Our brothers, mm-hmm. you know, they locked down. And, you know, and I'm telling you, this thing where the brothers are looking at sisters are not looking at sisters, you know, that's a real problem for us because, Can you, you know, go into a little more detail what you're talking about? How are we looking at y'all? I mean, how are we looking at you? Uh, well, not all. But some of the brothers are not looking at sisters. They, you know, they pass by us and they don't even think about us anymore because they're looking at, you know, the Steve instead of looking at, you know, Shirley. So 
I'm saying this is some of the hands that we're being fed. This devil is in the mix again to make sure woman be against that man and feel like, you know, he can't do anything for you, that you can do it yourself. And somehow we're to look to him to take care of us. And, you know, that's the oxymoron because we know that he can't even possibly take care of himself, let alone try to take care of us and the little trickle-down pennies that he can give us as a family to help us or even on somebody's job is not yeah. enough to secure that woman in her mind to feel like I got a strong man behind me, a strong uh, father for my children. You know, I got somebody I can be proud to call him my man, you know, uh, and vice versa. You know, it's no more blame on the brothers or more blame on the sisters. You know, um, the whole concept, I think, even of Harriet Tubman and her doing what she did was to shield the black man. And the black man has to know that we have their back. I don't think they understand those dynamics that the black woman really wants and desires a strong black man. But because she has not seen that in a minute, and, you know, they have seen the woman at the helm, they think that that's the reality in which they're living, but it's not. I'm going to change the focus of the conversation a little bit. I want to discuss violence in our community. Do you feel there is a, again, I'll use the word crisis. Do you feel there's a crisis in our community in terms of violence? And I'm not picking on one segment yet, but I just want to keep it general for a minute. Do you think this is a, a there's a crisis with violence? And I'm talking about across urban, black, urban America. I'm not just talking about Houston. I'm not just not talking about, I'm talking about L.A., Chicago, Atlanta, New York, North, Philadelphia, um, well, the cities there, Cleveland, Detroit. Um, those are the top black urban areas in America. I know there are more. St. Louis. Uh, I didn't forget mm-hmm. about you, Lou. St. Lou. Uh, um <laughs> do you think do you think that um there is a crisis or concern i will say concern you think there's a concern about violence in the black urban areas across our nation? Well, I wouldn't call it a real crisis and let me tell you why mm-hmm. um even though there's a lot of our black on black crime. But I live in a black community, and it is not as much crime as you think. I think it's hype. I think it's all hype. See, we don't control the media. Uh, and we have to understand that if if you have this black man and it's a crisis, then you wouldn't see things. I wouldn't be able to be talking to you right now. We'd all probably be in concentration camps. Because once that black man realizes what has been done to him and you leash him out there, oh, he could tear something up. And you've seen him, you know, when he gets angry, 
such as, you know, you have Ferguson and all these other places, L.A. riots and stuff like that, when you see the black man, you know. But even in our communities, even though our communities are, you know, they look like war zones, some of them. Mm-hmm. They, they are not really doing, and some cities is probably better than others. And I'm, I can only speak of mine, but some cities are probably better than others. But I don't think it's that much of a crisis. But it is, well, I, 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 maybe I should take that back because I, before I did say it's the crisis. The crisis is because we're not standing up to do anything more for our communities, such as taking our money out of this system that does not care for us. We have to do that. And, uh, yes, we do, you know, tend to, you know, anybody in all races, they say, you know, attack their own and, you know, rob from their own or what have you. But we have to learn to love one another again. You know, uh, I'm telling you, this thing in which we've gone through and which we've been taught, is so fixated in our mind. And just like I was telling you about the Nagas Nigga movie, our, our, our mm-hmm. documentary, it, 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 it poses the thought in mind and say that this is what was caused, and now this is the effect. The effect is that when you see these things going on, it triggers something in you. And he said that it's in our baby's eyes. Even with the slavery, even though you might not have seen a whole lot of that when they would come so-called coming out of slavery, you might not have seen all of those hangings and stuff as much as you did, but it was still in them because they made us watch these things, the violence of them, what they're doing. See, the violence is in us because of them. Now, when we were in Africa, we didn't kill each other like that. I know they had some, uh, well, it said that they had some tribes that was, but I guarantee you it was nothing like it is today in terms of us right. turning on another. I, I, I can guarantee that it was nothing like it is today. And everything that you see that's bad about us is because this man wants people, the whole system of things, to think that it's bad about us because they want to stay in power. And I would make you look bad if if I wanted to have more than you. That's the only way. That just look at Donald Trump. That's the only way he's been doing it. And if you watch him in the polls, he talks about every opponent that even speaks about him, even if they're not speaking negatively about him. If he knows that they come up closer to him in the polls, he starts speaking negative about them. That's to diminish them in the eyes of the people. And, and and once it's out there, you know, that person has to come back and try to make themselves look different. So you have a damage, a psychological damage on us. Well, yes, we feel and fight the wrong people. We need to... Well, we need let to, me we, ask you this. Let me ask you somewhere this. Else. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Let me ask you this. The energy... Uh, I want to focus on the negative energy, the killings. Let me ask you this. Do you think, okay, there's this organization called Black Lives Matter. Do you think that the person in the gang or the person that is a, a dealer or a person that has a crew 
do you think to him that Black Lives Matter? Uh, no, that person probably has not been taught correctly. So how can we, again, how can we get these 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 people that are in this lifestyle change the attitude about his own people, his or her own people? How can we get these people to change their attitudes about his or her own people? We have to go into yes. the communities where people are and teach them. See, black people, because of, you know, they feel like that, you know, that this is, you know, this is just a part of the hype. If you'll bear with me for just a moment here, sir, just give me just a moment. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, Lord. I'm, I'm on a phone call that's very important, so I'll come in in a few minutes. Okay? I'm sorry. My son is getting, he's at a dentist appointment, and uh, I had to come, I had to take him to the dentist because he's going to be, you know, they're going to drug him up after that. Yeah, medication, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let me see. Your question was, how can we do whatever we do? We're going to have to go in these communities, brother, and, and, and save our people. That's just all it is to it. Those of us who know better. And let me tell you something. I haven't said, and I was meaning to say before, that all of us are not going to be saved. No, are you the third person that said that? All of us not going to be saved. So what we do with the people that's not going to be saved? We just go leave them back like we left the cities to go to the suburbs? Like, what we going to do? Leave them? Yeah. We, we're going to keep on teaching the truth, and it's like the, like the book says, whosoever will. Whosoever will. Because a lot of our people have been brainwashed. I'm telling you, I grew up with sisters who, you know, Sisters, now it's funny though how so many of our people have begun to practice Christianity. Now they might have done a whole lot of things that were wrong in their lifetime, but somehow or another they espouse Christianity when you see them. If if the case in point. When 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 you see Beyonce, now she would get on there and dance, you know, and look like you know any other woman that danced for money, that's half naked or whatever, and uh-huh. show all her stuff, and then she'll espouse, you know, God giving honor to God or something like that, and all of them entertainers do it and stuff like that. No matter what they into, whether they into drugs or whether they into any kind of wrongdoing and stuff, they espouse God, you know. And I'm not saying that that's not what they should do. If that's what they feel they should do to keep them in center, then so be it. However, look at what that particular part of our lives have done to us as a community. You got a church in in my communities. You got a church. I've been counting seven to eight, almost seven day Adventist churches in the corn in the community. In, wow. in, a, in a 
in a block radius of one another. You got one on this block, you got one on the next two blocks, and, you know, I'm like, how is this possible? That just shows you how separate we are, how separate we are. And, again, that's another thing, you know, the damage. Unless we, who know better, talk to these people and let them see and know that this is, you know, show them the history. This is what happened to you. Um, uh, and, and then, look, it has to be a movement. Now, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't know. Uh-huh. I've heard that that's something else. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's it's not really all this cut up to be, the Black Lives really? Matter movement. Of, yeah, because of the person who is, um, you know, sponsoring that whole deal. You know, George Soros, they said that he... Um, was the one, the financier of the movement. And it has to do with some gay tendencies there. You know, oh, well, we can't get into that. We have to watch that. Uh, yeah. Well, let's wrap yeah. this up. Uh, let's wrap this up. Because um, um, we got about two minutes left. I want to wrap it up. So, like, what is the solution? Well, uh, uh, is the, uh, you know, Put more people on the streets, do more uh, uh, face-to-face, talking, teaching. What is the solution? What is the general solution of getting us all together? I'm glad you asked that question. Be like the Marines. We don't leave nobody behind. I'm glad you asked that question. Now, one Mm -hmm. of the things that... uh, you know, which I came on and said I've always been with the loss of, well, since college, I've been practicing Islam under the leadership of Mr. Silas Muhammad. Now, recently, more recently, we have started a Afro-descendant government. And what is Afro-descendant? Afro-descendants are those people uh, let me just tell you really quickly, hopefully briefly, I have time to just say this. Those people okay. who were forcefully dispossessed of their homeland, Africa, were transported to the Americas in slavery diaspora for the purpose of enslavement, were subject to plantation slavery, uh, were forced, were subject to forced to mixed breeding and rape, have experienced through force the loss of our mother tongue, culture, and religion, and or have experienced racial discrimination due to our lost ties or partially lost ties from their our original history. So that name came up when Silas Muhammad went to the United Nations to say that, uh, you know. Okay, we have to wrap it up. Okay, we need to have reparations. So under that umbrella, we're looking for all our people to come together under the Afro-descendant nation. And under that, then we can get the reparations that we need to help us in our communities. You know, that's, right. that's going to start. That's going to start right there. Okay. Well, Sister Fatima, uh, I thank you yes. for coming on the show. I uh, thank you for coming thank on the show. Thank you so I, much will, for I will stay in contact with you, especially about the Afro descendant government, 
and uh, have a nice day. Thank you so much, and you do the same, brother. Peace and blessings to all of my black brothers and sisters out there. Okay. See you. Oh, okay. We, we all there? Thank you so much for joining us. You are magnificent. I think she hung up. Okay. Uh, that was Sister Fatima, uh, Fatima Barnes from the Afro-Pacific government under Salis Muhammad. And uh, I would just like to say that she had a lot of, she had a lot of good things to say. Uh, uh, yes, we need unity. But we, need, we need unity so uh, we can... Um, we need more brothers on the street. We need more positive brothers in these broken homes. And... Uh, we need, we need each other, and so we can prove to our sisters that we are here. I am because we are. We are because I am. See ya. Let's see.